0: This is Abby Levine, and welcome to my new podcast. It's called Levine Intervention, and it's a lightning bolt to the soul offering you humor, perspective, and some advice for listeners who haven't quite mastered the art of the transition just yet. We're going to take a swan dive into the pool of questions you're too embarrassed to ask your mother. Because you'll come around eventually. So thank you for joining me today. Um, I always like to give a little bit of background um, about the show and what the heck I'm doing here and why I'm asking you to invest a few minutes of your time to listen. Um, Levine intervention was devised because there's so many transitions in life. We find ourselves needing more or wanting to cut something out, or move here, go there. We're always like grooving around this little Earth of ours. And really, the question is, like, are you ever really there? I mean, it's clear to me that I think we're always there, but it always feels like we're not actually there yet. So transitions is a topic that I feel will never really run out of questions for. If you're still interested, keep listening. Today's topic is first time sex and wait until you hear this because it's a beautiful story and I am very excited to welcome our guest here today. I think I found the gold in the California coast and she has agreed to come here and try to allow me to help her on her beautiful journey and I really wanted to do this one because There's times I think that we can't have what we want. And sometimes we let our past determine our future or we're sort of like our tape and our record is going on about who we think we were, even though we've already become somebody else. And I always say to people are like sometimes people say to me like, oh, you're funny or oh, you're you're nice or oh, wow, you have a lot to say. And I'm like, yeah, you're meeting Abby version 10.0. Abby version 2.0 was like totally different, but there's plenty of parts of me that were version, Abby version 2.0 still is around, right? Like when different things come up. Um, And I sometimes think that our, I think our guest today might be a little bit stuck in her past still. So I'm looking forward to helping her get over that hump. You'll know why that's so funny when we get to the topic. <laughs> hmm. Plus um I've always wanted to be on Love Line like as one of the hosts like when Dr. Drew meets Adam Carolla so We're going to try it out and see if this one works. Um, I welcome everybody's feedback. I would also love to hear your questions. Send me everything and anything that comes to mind while you're listening to this, please. Um, And send that to levineintervention at gmail.com. Stay tuned for a few facts and figures. We'll be right back. 1st time sex and this is gonna include anyone who has never had sex before or I'm gonna also widen this group to be people who haven't had sex in a long time Um, which is a lot of us by the way and a long time means something different to everybody did you know according to the CDC um, the average age that Americans lose their virginity is 17.1 for both men and women the CDC also reports that virgins make up 12.3% of females and 14.3% of males aged 20 to 24. That number drops below 5% for both male and female virgins aged 25 to 29, and goes to as low as 0.3% for virgins between um, age 40 and 44. So we have diamond here. And we're going to treat her as such a very special gal in the house. Stay tuned. This is Levine Intervention, and we're going to be talking about first-time
1: sex. Hey,
0: welcome to Levine Intervention. I'm going to get right to it and introduce Trish who is sitting in front of me and who is amazing and cute. And I want to just call out to everybody that we've already tried to do this once, right? And we had some technical issues. So Trish was nice enough to come back again. And uh, we're recording this in the middle of March and it is snowing out and it's a Friday night. And um, thank you very much for being here, Trish.
1: You're welcome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We already dragged you out. Once, and now he brought you out twice, and you're a really good sport.
1: I hope so. <laughs> Just watch what you ask.
0: <laughs> well, I have to be careful. Okay, I don't know if I can be careful, Trish. <laughs> yes, you don't have to answer anything that you're not comfortable with at all. Um, Trish is actually a really good friend of a good friend of mine who, if you're following our podcasts, um, was on recently, Chris. And so everybody's like, where do you get your guests from? And I said, I don't know. I'm just kind of putting the word out there. And people are saying, like, yeah, let's be on it. So why did you agree to come and talk to me?
1: Um, It just sounded like a cool project. (laughs) I sort of wanted to be a part of it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Where do you live? What's your like, who are you?
1: Um, I live in New York City, and I work for a photographer full time. I studied photography in school. um, And I have been in New York for 14 years. And I love it here.
0: Why do you like it here? I know. Actually, I feel like New York is kind of one of the backdrops to the podcast, because right now everybody is from New York. And um, there's just something to it, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there's just so much diversity and energy and... You love it, and you hate it, and it's just, it's great.
0: Why'd you come to New York?
1: Uh, I grew up in Utah, and I went to college in the same town that I grew up, and I just knew that I wanted to see the world and, like, get out of that, so I did an internship in New York between my junior and senior year and fell in love with it and just knew that I wanted to come back, so... 2 weeks after I graduated I was here.
0: <laughs> well, that's bold. Yeah. I feel like New York is one of those hurdles that like I was way too chicken to come to New York when I right when I graduated. I couldn't I couldn't be poor here and like, you know, slum it. I had to do that in LA cuz to me it was way easier. Like it is true if you can make it here you can make it anywhere.
1: Oh yeah, and the first couple of years were probably the hardest <laughs> years of my life, but <laughs> i don't know once you make it past that i feel like you can make it through anything
0: (laughs) what was your struggle here like what was what did that look like
1: um i've lived with some crazy roommates i did not have like a steady income so i was super poor eating top ramen and like Walking everywhere because I didn't want to spend money for the subway, like it wasn't intense, but it was good, and I learned a
0: lot. yeah, you didn't want to spend the two fifty or the two dollars, yeah. on the subway. I know it's hard, yeah, it's hard. I interned when I was in college at Good Money America for free, and so I lived here all summer long for free. It was like super hot, and I was in a sardine can with like three other girls for the summer, and I wasn't sure I was going to make it out alive, actually. I believe
1: it. Summers can be brutal, especially if you can't for- afford the air conditioning.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, God. Did you make it through your summers without air conditioning? I think I had air conditioning. I had conditioning.
1: a fan my first summer Ugh. here. Seriously? Yeah. That's
0: rough. Yeah. How did you sleep?
1: Uh, I don't Well, it did help that my window opened up to a brick wall, so I didn't really get a lot of sunlight <laughs> in my bedroom.
0: <laughs> so you got a good view, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's so many stories here. It's so great. (laughs) So how did you survive your first few years in New York? Like, what made you say, this isn't going to get the best of me. I'm going to get the best of it.
1: I think intermixed in those crazy hard things were some really beautiful moments. And eventually, I found the job that I have now. And it just felt very fulfilling. And it felt sort of unreal that I was actually making it work in New York City. Yeah. And I, I just... I don't know. I just got a taste of what was outside of Utah, and I didn't want to go back.
0: <laughs> so what was in Utah for you?
1: Um, well, I was raised Mormon, so I grew up in a very Mormon family, a very strict Mormon family. Um, I have nine siblings, and it it's just a very strange culture that's mixed in to everywhere (laughs) um you're taught at a very young age that marriage and family are like the most important things and that your goal should be to marry another Mormon as soon as you can and have lots of children and just I I wanted to have a life outside of that before I started a family I wanted to actually step outside and find out who I was before I did that so that was not really a typical Mormon thing to do.
0: How did that occur to you and at what age when you were in Utah did, did you have that light bulb moment?
1: Um, I think it actually started when I was in high school and just sort of realizing that it was sort of like a cookie cutter type <laughs> situation. And I, I re- I, my rebellion wasn't to like get drunk and party and have sex. Like I found solace in music. So I had a really good friend who was actually also my cousin, and we got fake IDs so we could see bands in bars, and <laughs> we never got drunk.
0: So what, how old were you when you got a fake ID so that you could go to see music?
1: I think I was 17.
0: Where? Who did you go see?
1: Um, went to see The Wallflowers at the Zephyr club okay whoa so yeah. you have good taste and i met jacob dylan after the show wait what <laughs> i mean that was a cool thing and you're still about- a virgin
0: no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, he could have taken it that night, you know?
0: (gasps) Jacob Dylan, if you're listening, you have a really good opportunity here, dude. Wouldn't that be the best? Please, if anybody listening knows Jacob Dylan, I really want this to happen. Oh, my God. I have such a fantasy right now of you, like, having sex for the first time with a super rock star. I'm getting ahead. Okay. So you went out to see the wallflowers when you were 17. Yeah. And... I'm just also picturing. Have you ever seen this Breaking Amish TV show where the the kids are all, yeah. So are you any? So for people that don't know that show, um, it's all real, by the way. Not, but still, the stories are probably somewhat close to what you're doing. So you're like raised to think something, and you are rogue, and you decide to think something on your own. So what? So so and these kids in the show left and came to New York City, and um, really changed their lives, but. I want to say, sitting in front of you, like you're you're not rogue, you know. You have beautiful lipstick on. You have like cool <laughs> hair and style, um, but that's not really anti-Mormon anyway. Actually, I don't really know anything that much about it. But you're but you're not but you're not playing Janie, right? You're not like what people would picture, typically, a 37 year old virgin to look like if we were stereotyping, right? Uh, so right. You're, you're like you're hip, you're super hip.
1: Uh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you are, because
0: I mean, you've been in New York for a long time. Yeah. Okay.
1: So you still are you still a part of the church? Um, I haven't been to church for a couple of years now, and it's something that I struggled a lot with, just sort of deciding, one, if I still believe in all of the stuff that it teaches, but I feel like it was such a a great place to meet, like some of my best friends here are Mormon and my family is such a big part of that. I didn't want to hurt them Mm
0: -hmm. by
1: leaving. And so I really thought for a long time that I was going to meet someone who was Mormon and we would get married and have a family and that was the way it would go. And the older I got, the more I realized that I was sort of just letting my life slip away from me by waiting for this to happen.
0: So in your mind, you got to, like, get back on the Mormon path once you got your career. So you were, like, a Mormon on the Mormon path till you were 17. Then you got off it and to come. What do you do for a living?
1: Um, I work for a photographer.
0: Okay. So you're you're like, I'm going to be a photographer. I'm going to work in photography in New York City. And then I'm going to get back on the train and marry somebody Mormon in New York and have kids so what happened what is that that was what we thought yeah then what is what, what train are you on
1: um well at this point and I feel like I've watched so many of my friends that got married young um, to Mormon guys like have their marriages fall apart and just have crazy things happen where this ideal thing that I was taught since the time I was born it just didn't really seem like the picture I wanted And so I had a couple of freak outs like (laughs) with my age and actually deciding that I do want kids and, and just the realization that I just want to be with somebody that's nice, who's going to treat me well, that I'm attracted to. And regardless of their religion, like I just want a companion, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you. we should just point out that Mormons don't have sex, in theory, before you get married. And then is it also once you're married really only to have kids? Um, I, it's
1: a little looser than that. Like, definitely not before marriage. So it's a big deal to save yourself for marriage. Um, but once you are married, it's sort of like whatever you and your spouse decide is appropriate is sort of what you do. You okay. don't really need to tell everyone what that is or whatever. Right, so the church doesn't dictate that.
0: Like once. Yeah. So in, in the church's eyes, once you're married, you don't have to consult with the church anymore on how right. sex works.
1: As long as it's only happening between you and your spouse, you know? Right, yeah. right. All
0: right, well, oh gosh, I have so many questions. Okay, <laughs> What well, what is your, for today, for Levine Intervention, what's your question for me?
1: Um... So I just find myself in a very strange and unusual place <laughs> because I did save myself for so long. Um, and I have tried dating for the past couple of years, a lot of different guys. But how do I meet the right guy who is willing to accept me for who I am?
0: Okay, great. And what, ha- what responses have you gotten? Like, how has it worked for you so far? When do you reveal your w- um, virginity?
1: It, it's hard. I, I don't feel like it's something that you just get into on the first date. Um, although sometimes I have to because I feel like there is a lot of pressure to hook up really yeah. fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I'm single again and close to your age. And I feel like like dick pics and like crazy sexing and like most I get I get 30 year old guys like basically that want to just like fucking old lady you know or I get like 50 year old guys that are not and, and I don't want any of that and it's like they're it, dating in New York City is I mean dating anywhere is a thing but I do feel like because I've dated in LA and I've dated in Miami I've dated in a lot of dating in New York's the thing
1: yeah it's hard
0: so do you get that too do you get the Do you get the sex offers quickly, like every like the rest of us do?
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. And I feel like once I, once I explain that I've never had sex before, it's either curtains flapping in the breeze, or I feel like some guys take it upon themselves to be the one that's gonna break me, or like, so then there's this more intense pressure that they're going to show me how it's done or whatever. So then that sort of turns me off, too, because I right. don't want to feel like... Right. I, I don't know. <laughs> right. You don't
0: want it to really be a thing. Yeah. So have you ever thought about, like, at this, at this point, what is it to you? Like, is it... Is sex, like, a barrier to meeting the right guy? Or is it still the thing that you're saving? Or... I... Well,
1: it's it's an interesting place to be because I did hold on to it for so long. I have held on to it for so long. I think it is a hard thing for me to let go of in in the fact that I'm just not going to have sex on the second date with someone random. Like I really want to connect with somebody and be and actually like sort of know them
0: yeah Before. it seems funny to say but like well that's not just your problem by the yeah. way yeah okay that's that's dating in the in 2000s and 15s or whenever that's everyone's problem so just so you know that okay that's not exclusive of you because that's just guys I mean in general it is true that mostly men want to have sex and like mostly there's some good there's some guys that want to be responsible and give you what you want also but dating and marriage is mostly about negotiating from two totally different sides you know right so just so you know that's that part of it's very normal the like pressure to have sex quickly is very normal
1: yeah Well, I assume so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. So you
0: don't think that it's that it's people preying on you just because? Okay, good. Good. Have you gotten close?
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh, a few times. I mean, uh, it's and I don't know what stops me. I think it's either that I just it just doesn't feel right, or or I'm also scared that I'm don't know what I'm doing you know yeah like it can't
0: be that hard but I'm also like but that's kind of a given at this point that you don't know what you're doing yeah right?
1: yeah it's just a little nerve do you own that yeah I mean I fully admit it I'm not like trying to hide it from anybody but
0: no like in the moment like are like do you, is it okay with you that you're that you are that you don't know what you're doing
1: I don't know. I don't know if it is.
0: <laughs> right. Right. It's like, it's like, well, this You're is. You're already
1: so vulnerable. Yeah. At that point, And it. Yeah. Yeah. It is a little. Sex more is attractive. pretty
0: vulnerable, actually. Yeah. You know, it is. It take, takes a lot of like, it actually takes a lot of letting go and trusting the other person, which is why it's so odd that so many people get wasted and just hook up all the time. Because it really, it really actually is an intimate thing. And you have to kind of, on some level, like trust the other person. So, I don't think this is actually about sex for you. I think it's more about being vulnerable and just allowing almost almost minimizing the idea that your virginity is a big deal. Because you're you' you're, are you coming out of the Mormon church in a way that you're saying, I want to be mixed in the, with the rest of society? Or are you still kind of straddling both sides?
1: Well, I think it's hard because I have lived my life a certain way for so long. and Like, I still don't drink and I still haven't had sex. Like, there are certain things that I just have lived my life this way. So it's sort of a habit or like, I don't know. it's hard. I, I don't feel like just jumping off a cliff at this point and right. sort of... I don't I don't know. But is that
0: is that stopping? Like, what's your goal? Do you have do you know what you want or are you still trying to figure out what you want? Like, like, is it an option for you to find and marry a Mormon man before you have sex or are you looking?
1: No, I think I've, I've given up the ghost on that one. Even if I were to meet a Mormon guy that I totally connected with right now, I, I don't. I don't see myself like being okay with that.
0: And would you ever try to be with a man and get married before you have sex with them? Like,
1: I, I'm I'm open to the idea of having sex with somebody before I get married to them, but I feel like I sort of want to be in a somewhat committed relationship, even if it's like a couple months. You know, like I want to feel accepted yeah <laughs> and not pressured even though i yeah. know that maybe some of the pressure is put on by myself
0: well most of it is probably yeah yeah <laughs> i don't i don't uh, yeah okay so here's my first little tip for you okay i don't actually think any guy cares that you're a virgin i'm totally serious Okay. I don't. <laughs> I think that the issue is that it's an issue for you. Because men will have sex with anybody. Honestly, you don't have to be one way or another. It's just it's just all fascinating for them on any level. So your virginity is as fascinating as somebody else's dominatrix or... Your virginity is as fascinating. I mean, some girls don't give it up a lot. You know, they don't, they, 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 they just, everybody has, like, their style and their thing that they do. So I'm going to put this on you to make this about you and not about finding the guy. Okay. So the guy will come when you're really ready to, like, trust and be vulnerable with the person. But in order to do that, you have to really trust and be vulnerable with yourself. So I think that what would be really helpful for you is to, do you do any sort of like erotic dance or any, I know you're, so you're a yoga instructor. So you're pretty comfortable with your body.
1: Yeah. I think
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> are you comfortable with your body?
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone has their body issues, but I think so.
0: What are you uncomfortable with? Um I feel fat. Okay. All the time? Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. What else?
1: Um I don't know. That's probably my right. main issue.
0: Okay. This is good. So this is remember. I don't know if you know this, but you're speaking to an ex anorexic. So I was obsessed with how I looked, and I've part of the reason I want to do this show is because a lot of my mind frame has been throughout my life. Like if I get to something, then the next thing will happen, right? And probably about uh, two years ago, I was finally like, "Fuck it." There, like, there's no there. There is no there. You're never going to be skinny enough. You're never going to be young enough. You're never going to be close enough to marriage. All of that to make the sex part count, right? Like it's just, it's like always going to be now or never. So what if you were fat? Like what if you're just going to be fat forever? Like let's just say that your fear is right, right? Let's just say my fear is right. I'm fat. You're fat. What if we're just fat? And that's just how it is. Are you going to try to get skinny for another few years before you can have sex because that's torture yeah (laughs) right so I think that this is a little bit more about your body image at this point than it is because we can all find examples we talked off off podcast before uh, the, the show a different time when you were saying like but my sister was married to this guy and he was cheating the whole time. And okay, so like there are examples and yeah, men are bastards and women are emotional and like but that's just a fact that's just a risk you're going to have to take getting into a relationship with anybody and hopefully you'll be able to reel in your guy and hopefully he'll be able to handle your emotions and that's just that's just men and women <laughs> that's not going to change no matter what we weigh or no matter how experienced we are at having sex like that's kind of just part of it but for us to get what we want we just have to like really accept who we are like right in the moment
1: wow <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, you've given me a lot to think about.
0: Have you ever thought about that before? That if this could be you and not, well like, in that way?
1: not in that way, no. Like, I
0: always... I
1: mean, there were obviously certain things where I'm like, oh, gosh, I need to let go of this and that. But I didn't realize um, that was holding me back.
0: Because if you ever watch, like, Mike and Molly or, you know, um, that chick the bigger girl who has a ton of self-confidence Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy is, do you know who that is? Yeah, okay, so we can agree she's overweight, right? Yeah, okay. Do you think that she cares that she's overweight? No. <laughs> do you think she's having sex and is in a relationship with somebody?
1: Probably. <laughs>
0: just by just by how she acts, right? So it's it's really not about what you actually look like. It's really not. Men aren't attracted. I mean, yeah, okay, so yes, they're supermodels. And they will probably be on television, and they will probably be in Sports Illustrated, and they will probably be selling tampons or whatever is on television. right? <laughs> like, whatever models. So that's like 5% of America and the world. The rest of us are human beings, and we are never going to look like that. And men don't. men don't care. <laughs> about that. They want, they want, they want you to take care of them, okay? And they want to know that you're confident in who you are when you're with them. It's really, what what we think about what relationships are is very different than what actually happens, like within the dynamic. I guarantee you, maybe 5% of American men like women that like to turn the lights off when they are naked or have sex or whatever, men don't care about that. They care that you're. Ha- they're not. Th- they're not looking at our fat rolls, like everybody thinks that they are. They're not. They're cared. They're. Ca- they care whether or not you're interested, and you're excited, and they are turning you on. Do you? And do you have any guy friends? Yeah. I I challenge you to ask them this question. Okay. Like, do you care what we look like naked, or do you care about whether or not we're having fun? Okay. I'll ask them. (laughs) They're a strange breed, guys.
1: Yeah, I they, still don't understand them. No, I
0: know, I know, and I, I sometimes do, and I sometimes don't. Also, by the way, I certainly don't know everything, and I just want, I want to, I want to say that, but I know a lot about sex. <laughs> I've had some very experimental times in my life with, some, you know, I don't know. I've just gone through, a, I've gone through a lot of stages in my life, and, I can tell you, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward of a process to get through the sex and I uh, to get to the sex not through the sex to get to the sex (laughs) (laughs) and I have another bit of news for you that I was thinking about your first time probably isn't going to be any good
1: I know I I mean that's what everyone says
0: (laughs) right right so I'm not giving you any news like no matter what age you're at it fucking hurts it hurts and it's probably gonna hurt And it's probably not going to be that much fun because the areas that get turned on are like not areas that you think about when you're doing it for the first time. So actually probably like the first five or six times probably aren't going to be that great. So part of me actually thinks that you should just fuck somebody (laughs) (laughs) at this point only because it's holding you back. Yeah. You know, that that this is this is just my conversation piece with you. It's not like my official advice yet on this part of it, but it's like this really big hurdle for you at this point, right? Yeah. What is it holding you back from in your mind?
1: Um I don't know. I feel like it's just always an issue and maybe and it's probably just mostly my issue that someone doesn't want to be with me because of that
0: right because actually I also think it's probably kind of a turn on for guys like where you think it could be something that they don't want and it's like a you know it's it's um, a social abnormality who fucking cares <laughs> who cares you're in New York City yeah How many abnormal people are here? Uh, A lot. A whole lot. A lot. A lot. So I challenge you to not make your virginity a thing. Because also, the things that we're like super light about, they're not really like issues. But I feel like, do you think that you've been taught, because it's been so ingrained in your head for so long, that it is a big deal? Is it possible that you can't undo that tape?
1: I mean, it's or I don't think it's going to be easy. Right. But it's probably possible.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a good attitude. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good attitude. And I admire you a lot for I admire you a lot for being here and being willing to talk about it. And I admire you a lot for just being able to be different from your religion. You know, and like you're kind of you're you're kind of a rebel. And you're like a really sweet rebel. <laughs> and I think that you have a lot like let's just say you get the guy. What's what what do you want past? Like what do you want? Let's just like get the virginity off the table.
1: Um I want a family. I want kids. I do. How many? Um Think two, <laughs> yeah
0: and what do you think your what do you want your life to be like like do you want to work for a while or would you prefer to be a stay-at-home mom or do you um, want a beach house or like <laughs> what does that look like for you
1: um I could see myself moving to a smaller city that's more accessible for kids or easier to manage I, mean, I feel like I don't know. I think with my profession, with photography, I feel like I'm teaching yoga as well. I can work and I don't know. I think I would still want to do some sort of thing outside of that and be a person outside of being a mom. But I still want that a lot.
0: Do you have passwords on things like your like your credit cards and yeah, like when you log on to stuff? What's your what are your passwords like? Are they numbers? Are they special things? Because like every day, what I think you should be doing is thinking about those goals and using words. I this so this is my thought process. So a couple years ago, I wasn't quite where I wanted to be in in my brand, I'll just say, right? So I changed all my passwords on everything to be rock star and then my birthday, everything had that as my password. Um, and guess what happened? I got a job on a hip hop show. <laughs> okay, and people call me rock star. Like random, like my friends are like, "You're such a rock star." Now, granted, could we excuse that and say like, "Well, that's a common term." But but but, but you're looking at somebody who used to wear Banana Republic. Never did my nails, never did my hair, never knew any fashion at all. Not two years ago, but like a long time ago. It's been a slow transformation. So, and would you say like I'm bordering like, okay, sort of rock star status? Yeah, for sure. Okay, (laughs) and I own that, right? Like, I mean, it's something, George actually gave me a VIP bracelet for Valentine's, no, not Valentine's Day, we had it for Christmas. So people, it's like you have to become what you want to become before you become it. I encourage you to change your password. So now by the way, my password is something different because I already I got to rock star. Right. The rock star that I wanted. <laughs> right. I didn't actually want to be a rock star, but well, right. I do. Pink or um Dave Matthews, if you're listening, I would like to join you on stage one day. <laughs> um, but I can't sing or dance or play any musical instruments. I just want to be on stage. Um suddenly in your mind, I would like you to start to become person that you want to be who's I don't know maybe not like so to me the to me the virginity thing it's not even a thing to me because I don't think it matters that you're a virgin you're just not in a, to me I'm trying to get you to a relationship to have a family and kids and where Mormonism isn't blocking you whatever that is whether it's like the virginity is just it's just the thing that you're identifying with now, but I don't think that you need to. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Because I can see how it would be a thing, but you can let that thing go. Like, you can just cut the cord from the kite and just let it fly away. It's really that easy. And then all that happens is that a penis needs to be put into a vagina, <laughs> and that's done. It's <laughs> and then you're not a virgin anymore, and then you can have a family. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> because like I said, at this point, it, it probably isn't going to be that great. So you can either A, like you might still be able to get – you might be able to easily – or not so easily, but you might be able to get into a relationship with somebody and then have the sex and then do the thing. But you you may want to just think about like take up one of those hot guys on OKCupid that wants to just have sex with you. And just go have sex with them and get it out of the way. Cause it's it's gonna it's not gonna the better sex comes way later on anyway. <laughs> it does. It comes when you really know somebody and like maybe you've had you just know each other intimately and it's it's really more about intimacy than sex, by the way. Like that's really the thing that you're probably actually – that that should be written into the – I want to change the Mormon rules. <laughs> <laughs> it should be no intimacy before marriage because really that's the special thing. And the intimacy is like a closeness. You know, it's not about a cock and some pussy. It's not. It is, but it's not. And by the way, I don't actually think that that's the most intimate part of being – naked and fooling around with somebody anyway there's way more intimate ways oral sex in my opinion is way more intimate than sex sex so like this big stigma of being a virgin it's really just a social it's like one of those things in society that's not really that big of a deal you know because it but it was and it is for you and i'm not acknowledging that like you understand that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: of course. Cuz
0: it has been a big deal for you for a long time. I just and it is and I and I actually res- I really I actually think what Mormons build is a really great foundation that you have for each other. And it and it is it is more the way that people should be in a lot of ways or could be with the family dynamic and focusing on family first. And I think that maybe you'll end up going back to that a little bit once you just become like you're like a modern Mormon. You need like a brand. You need like a brand. You're like you just need to brand yourself like you're a modern Mormon.
1: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are you thinking?
1: I, I don't know. Like it's just I it, obviously what you're saying is ringing true with me. So it, it's just a lot. That's going on in my head right now.
0: What are your questions or what do you like? What the fuck is she talking about? Or
1: No, no, no. It totally makes sense. It's just like completely unexpected.
0: What's unexpected? <laughs> just
1: uh, the way you answered my question, you know?
0: <laughs> well, it's it's a little bit harder to take the ownership of it than it is to say it's the church's fault or guys are stupid or nobody's going to understand me. That muscle isn't as trained in us, you know, like, because it's just, it's, all of us do it. It's just easier to say, like, whatever, that guy cut me off that was driving, right? Well, actually, no, maybe you were not driving. Maybe you're driving too slow, right? And so I think in this case, if you, own your hotness and you own let's i'm just gonna call it your fatness because you think you're fat so i'm just gonna say like right like but maybe you're but maybe you're perfect maybe your shape is like totally perfect and you don't need to get to any other size because not everybody likes super skinny bitches because they don't eat and they're angry (laughs) (laughs) right and we're never ever gonna look like that we're never actually gonna be perfect and it's like women we just it's such torture to do that to try to get to the other side of being that thing that we think that everybody wants cuz we're super desirable in every way. You are a beautiful girl. Thanks. You are. It's hard to feel it. It's hard to like it's really it's hard to own it, right? Yeah. I know. Especially in a big city like New York, but your talent and your beauty come from in here. I put into my heart. <laughs> are you ready to run out the door and just be so done with this right now? <laughs> no, I just
1: feel like I'm going to be thinking about this for, like, days. Good. Yeah.
0: Um. What do you have going on this weekend? You told me about before we started recording.
1: Yeah, my roommate is – or my friend is setting me up with her roommate tomorrow night. All
0: right, so the roommate's are- – Uh, um do you know anything about him
1: um he's 45 so he's a little bit older than me and he's an artist he works for like an art installation company uh hello yeah cool (laughs) Yeah, he seen – I don't know. Have you I seen a picture of him? I haven't. He's not on social media, oh, so okay. I can stalk him. Guys <laughs> do that
0: these days, too. Like, the last, like, three guys I've dated are not on social media. It's so annoying. Which
1: I know. It's a super annoying, but I kind of like it.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: because I, I need to – not that I, I'm going to get off social media, but I feel like I'm addicted to my phone, and I would like to be addicted less. And
0: how does it usually, like, start with you on a first date? Is it – um do you let the guy lead or do you ask a lot of questions or because I'm like super curious by nature but I'm trying to learn how to be the girl and just sit back and
1: yeah look cute I think and let I'd them lead like to let them lead but if they aren't leading I'll take the reins yeah yeah because there's nothing more awkward than sitting there in silence so I'll ask questions if they're not talking but um I don't know I think it's also been really hard because I feel like Initially, I, I'm a shy person. I'm definitely an introvert. And getting out there and dating a lot of different people this past couple of years has been a really good exercise for me to just put myself out there and
0: be more outgoing. So will you try one thing tomorrow? Yeah. So when he's talking to you and you're doing the girly listening thing? Mm -hmm. Will you just think to yourself and look in his eyes and just, all I want you to think is, I am so hot. (laughs) Just think it in your brain as he's talking. I am so hot. Okay. (laughs) Over and over and over again. Okay. I am so hot. Or whatever version of that. Feels even slightly sexy to you. I am so hot. And just say it really slowly to yourself and like seduce yourself. I am so hot. And you can listen to him, but just through your whole body. I am so hot. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just try it and see how you feel. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Can you say it once to me out loud?
1: I'm so hot.
0: (laughs) Good job. Congratulations. You are so hot. See how you feel and see what he does. Because, you know, people actually feed off of our vibes. So... Subliminally, I want you to just notice what happens when you do that. Okay. Okay? Okay. I think I want to check back in with you. (laughs) All right. Will you do a part two of this with me? Yeah. After this date, and maybe, you know, we'll see what happens this weekend, but maybe you'll get another date or two. And um, will you also please text me when you have a question? Or yeah. if this stuff comes up as you're thinking about it. And somehow we'll incorporate that into part two of your podcast. But um, I would love to, like, coach you if you would let me. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Will you stick around um, for re- – re- uh, our next segment is called What Made You Happy Today? Um, and it's just a fun little way to end the show. Would you like to participate? Sure. Okay.
1: I look at you, you bite your tongue You don't know why or where I'm coming from But in my head I'm close to you We're in the rain, still so searching for the sun
0: we are about to do our quick little closing segment called What Made You Happy Today. And the reason I started the segment was because I think sometimes we forget all the beautiful things that happen in one day. And um it's really the small moments that make up all the big things. Like I feel like sometimes we wait for to retire, to go on a good vacation or, you know, the thing, the big things always coming. So What makes you happy today? What made you happy today is the name of my segment. What made you happy today is designed to get us to just think about something small that happened to us today so that maybe we can do the same thing tomorrow and maybe the next day. So, um, since I haven't put you on the spot yet today, (laughs) (laughs) Trish,
1: (laughs) I know this question should be (laughs) easier.
0: Would you like to start? What made you happy
1: today? Yeah, um, I played some of my favorite songs in the morning while I was getting ready for work and I was singing in my apartment the top of my lungs
0: and it felt really good. That's awesome. <laughs> Wait, what song?
1: Um, U2. Um, they're my favorite band in the whole world. Their new song, um, in- Invisible. Have you heard that song?
0: No, but I like the title.
1: Oh my word so good really gets me pumped <laughs> trish
0: has a really cool photo of her and bono on her phone which i'm super envious of by the way
1: yeah i met him
0: did he smell good
1: yeah and he put his arm around me like <sighs> straight away i was like yes were you like
0: transported <laughs> to another world We were you, like in bono's world yeah. all the time
1: i was literally like shaking afterwards <laughs> <laughs> did he
0: sign anything
1: oh uh, yeah i have his autograph
0: did you check the picture to make sure it was good before you l- walked away?
1: No, I wasn't. I was too <laughs> dazed, and actually, it could have been better. It's a little blurry, but I. Oh yeah, whatever. Who cares? I know. He, I know it's him.
0: <laughs> Singing and dancing at the top of your lungs is something beautiful. All right, we have a small crew here today, so um, George, this one's coming to you. Oh, he's going to the mic, George McKean or McKeon. McKeon. Oh, I can't say that. Yeah, it's, it's the proper Gaelic <laughs> pronunciation. Oh, uh, mate. Okay. Um, George McKeon, what made you happy today? Uh, this actually might be a controversial opinion, but I actually, it was snowing, and we have a really great view from, our, from my office uh, where you could, like, see New Jersey, like, across the river because we're right on the Hudson River. But when it's snowing, I don't know, it's just, like, it's a really pretty image, and that was just nice to look at. even though no people don't really like snow. I still kind of like it. And uh it was like cool to look at. It's snowing over the water. It's very picturesque. It's it very picturesque. Ma- reminded me of like Russia. Russia? Yeah. Russia makes I, you happy? I've never been, but it reminded me of Russia. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool like on the yeah. other side of the office, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, the other side of the office you could see it. So it's March um 20th or 21st. First day. It's March 20th. It's the first day of spring, spring equinox. It is also a new moon and um it is snowing 3 inches in New York today. So that made George happy. Um somebody asked me what made me happy today. What made you happy today? <laughs> what made you happy? <laughs> So um, I um, did a free personal training session today and I thought I was going to be like lifting a bunch of weights and doing a bunch of sit-ups and um, I got really well stretched out in my hip area today um, and it made me really happy that the adorable like 21-year-old kid who wants to be my trainer knew my body already well enough to just be able to stretch me out and do exercises and like I kind of sit, I'm kind of crooked. I'm just kind of a crooked person in a lot of ways, but my body's kind of crooked and he started to like straighten out my body. So I feel good. So that made me really happy today. Yay. And it was really fun. Even though I despise the idea of somebody telling me what to do to get in shape, it just really seems fun. All right. Well, that concludes the first part of first time sex and um, God I'm having a brainstorm about you just being a recurring character or a <laughs> recurring guest until you actually have sex no matter how long that is from now so anyway I will say Trish will be back for part two at least of Levine Intervention and I'm, I'm super grateful for everybody who Brought this podcast together. Trish, thank you so much. This is actually your third time. I mean, well, we, we had you. I've had you here once before, which the audio didn't work. We were going to do this last Monday. Um, I canceled because I totally forgot about something. And so now this is at least your third time um, of being scheduled. So thank you so much for being patient and for believing and for being just awesome and committed.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for thank the you. advice.
0: Yay! <laughs> Um, thank you to George McKeown. I'm so glad I know how to say your last name for yeah, your that's still not right. What <laughs> yeah, is it? McKion. Oh, I definitely it's cannot McC-E-O-N, say that. Like McE like Own, but really fast. McKion. There you go, that's perfect. Thank you to George McKeown. Yes. <laughs> Thank you to George McKeown for um, engineering and for good company from the office um, down here, and for figuring out this killer board. Thank you to Bennett Hirschhorn for once again spearheading all of the equipment, because right now we'd be basically talking into two paper cups if he hadn't insisted that I got really good gear. Thank you, Olivia, um, who I live with, for clearing house and also cleaning up before everybody got here so that I could come into a really clean house today. Yes. And Shirley Renee Williams for being an awesome producer. She has been super overworked, so she's not here today, but she's here in spirit. Please send your questions to Levine Intervention um, at gmail.com. And um, I will also be on Twitter at either. <laughs> anyway, I'll be on Twitter at Levine Intervention. Um, thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to see you next time. Bye. Built you walls so high that no one could climb it But I'm gonna try Would you let me see beneath your beautiful Would you let me see beneath your puppet Take it off